Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest on the podcast is Stacey Dunn-MK, who is joining me all the way from America, which is very exciting. And I recently put out a question to you guys, to the audience, asking what you wanted to hear about. And quite synchronistically, Stacey reached out to me after seeing that you guys wanted to know about resumes. And Stacey is the queen of resumes and LinkedIn and nutrition jobs. She's actually the founder of a website, nutritionjobs.com, which is a brilliant resource for nutritionists and dietitians. And we're going to dive all into how she came to create this amazing resource and all of the things she does through her amazing career. So thank you so much for joining me today, Stacey. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And I'm yeah, really looking forward to hearing all about what you've got to say. And also having that American perspective, I think it's really bringing new ideas to the table too. Thank you so much, Shauna, for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you and also to share whatever information I can with our, with our community, your audience. And thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. So to get started, let's chat a little bit about how you first got started in the nutrition space and how you became a qualified dietitian. Oh, well, gosh. So I am from California, from the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in, in the Bay Area. I knew that I wanted to be a dietitian. So in the US, we call them registered dietitians. I knew I wanted to be a dietitian from a very, very early age. I was, um, gosh, I was super young. I was probably like 10 or 11. And I know that's not the typical story, but I had this fascination with foods, nutrition, nutrients in particular, putting them on my skin, my face, like avocados and yogurt and beer masks and egg white masks. And I just thought it was so fascinating how a food could create uh, a change in you. And so then my mom actually had a dietitian friend and she sort of mentored me into my interest into a profession. Um, and then I did my undergraduate at UC Davis, University of California at Davis. Mm-hmm. I, um, my first my first jobs were all clinical jobs, which I loved. I was very, very interested, and I still love it, actually, is um, um, enteral and parenteral support, nutrition support. Um, I worked in uh, burn units. Uh, I've worked in NICUs with the very low birth weight um, uh, pediatric population. I have worked in just regular adult ICUs. That was sort of my jam for a long time. I did oncology as well. I was also working for a food service company, um, Aramark, and they promoted me to become a clinical nutrition manager at a, at a small hospital, which I, I really did enjoy. I loved the people that I met at the hospital. I loved the dietitians that worked with me. We created some really great malnutrition systems at the time. They were just sort of uh, recognizing that and trying to come up with screening tools um, and so I, I was very, uh, I really enjoyed that process and all the different jobs I had sort of in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, at some point I realized that I didn't, I wasn't so interested in um, cl- 
clinical management anymore. I kind of liked the field. I liked being working with the patients, with their families, uh, working with the physicians directly. Uh, that was that was super interesting to me. Uh, and so I was just sort of looking for a way out of the clinical management and then found my way into a job uh, in research, actually, with Dr. Dean Ornish, who's um, fairly well known in the U.S. He does uh, research with diet and lifestyle. So that's, that's uh, how I spent my time in the clinical world and how I became interested in nutrition. Yeah. And then I discovered um, coding and I discovered uh, how I could make nutrition jobs. <laughs> so that's, that's another <laughs> chapter of my, of my career. Yeah. And so what did originally spark the idea to create nutrition jobs? It was just very straightforward. I really wanted out of my job. Yeah. I was looking, we had just got, so this was like 20 plus years ago and we had all just got, we just got email and we just got the internet. The, the, I didn't even, I don't even think I had it at home for the, like the first year there that I was developing the website. I, was, I just was looking for a job and I couldn't, find a job on the internet uh, that was uh, that was related to nutrition, related to uh, becoming a dietitian or being a dietitian. Uh, there was nothing on Monster and Career Builder and Hot Jobs at the time. There, um, there were just, so, there were so few jobs. And I thought, that is so strange. I know there's a bunch of jobs. They're just not on these big, uh, these big sites. We need a niche site. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to build it. I'm just going to build out this website for all of my profession. And wow. I did. I know it was really funny. I, I, I got the book. I remember like telling my parents and I got the book, um, um, HTML for dummies. And I was like reading and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to build a website you know? and I need to know how to bold stuff. You know? I need to know how to make tables. I remember actually, so, you know, you could still do it now, but the coding is really different. But I remember like doing the view source, you know, where you right click on your mouse and you can see the back end of uh, a web page. Yeah. And back then you could see like everything now it's a style guide like you don't you don't see all of all of the the nuts and bolts but back yeah. then it was like well how do I make a table how do I make a paragraph like I you know do right click on a on a website I'm like oh that's how you put in a horizontal line okay it's HR you know like just like getting in there and and uh and 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 coding it and so in the beginning it was just uh essentially a, a database, uh, like a table, not even a real database, but like a, a table where I would, so employers would send me these jobs, I would upload them to the table, and then you could apply for them directly online. There was no, it was sortable, but there was no, there was no back engine on it. Yeah. Um, so I did that for several years. Um, and then I got a programmer and it got programmed and, um, and now I can't even, I can't, I can't even do the back end on it, but now like it's so complicated. And, yeah. Yeah. So wow. that's sort of, that's how that, that's, yeah, that's how that started. That's how it, uh, sort of began just to, you know, it was just a need that wasn't being met for my profession. And I thought, you know, we've, we have to be represented. I always felt like dietetics in general, uh, we weren't, um, I wouldn't call us fringe, but we're not like uh, on the forefront of of medicine or um, out there uh, like a nurse or a physician. Uh, dietitians are, you know, they're they're smaller in number um, uh, that are put out into the healthcare arena. And I always felt like 
were, were misrepresented and having this website was a way to uh, help promote ourselves and to get ourselves out there a little bit more. Yeah, that is so, so impressive. <laughs> I love that you did <laughs> it from the beginning. Um, yeah, and I bet now looking back at, so how hard it used to be to build websites in these days, how much easier it is to put a website together, you're probably like quite proud of yourself for how you actually put in all that effort. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting is I think actually the expectation for what a website should do and provide and what the functionality should be, it, the, the bar is so much higher than it was yeah. then. It was perfectly acceptable for me to have a website that was like, you know, two or three pages. It was really essentially like three or four landing pages yeah. with one of those pages called jobs. And it was just this <laughs> long table of jobs and you can sort by state, you can sort by job title and category, but that was it. So, so yes and no, like it was, it was uh, simple, but that's kind of all the functionality that was, that was expected at that time. And, yeah. and now, yes, there are a lot of other, um, uh, programs available for us or uh, plugins or add-ins or uh, that are that are out there that make things so much easier and help with um, organization and planning and um, you don't need to FTP stuff anymore to get it up to the server uh, so so yes there are some uh, things that make it easier but, <laughs> but the expectation is that all that stuff has to be in there like it has to be like super awesome all the time you know? That's a good point actually <laughs> I try, I try to, I try to, you know, meet those needs and I'm always, I'm always learning, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be very impressive. Like looking back at how much it's evolved in that time too. Yeah. It's, it's really evolved. It's really evolved in the last probably five years. And then of course it's it, it evolved tremendously since March yeah. of 2020. <laughs> yeah. As in everything. Everything has, right. I, um, you know, so obviously, uh, a lot of uh, sad stories since the since COVID and the pandemic, and what it's uh, what impact it's had on a lot of industries. Um, for me personally, I was always working at home, uh, yeah. my home office, and uh, it just it just required me to uh, sort of look at what the the needs were of my customers. Uh, jobs were not coming in as plentiful because people were getting laid off uh, and or losing their jobs altogether or getting um, deferred, furloughed. So it, it required me to sort of pivot and figure out how can I best meet people's needs. And it mm -hmm. turns out that it was sort of adding on to the blog content that I was already providing, yep. providing it more on a one-on-one -on -one basis or on a, a webinar basis or a workshop basis that I hadn't been doing before. I'd, I'd always thought about doing it and looked at courses and thought that'd be a nice thing to do. Uh, yeah, so we were sheltered in place on um, May 17th, or excuse me, March 17th. And I think that like next week, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to host a webinar. It's going to be free. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to host it on zoom and see who comes up. And I did that once a week for many months. We had thousands of people come through these webinars and talking about how to present yourself professionally, how yep. to um, get your resume out there, how to spiff up your resume, what a modern resume looks like. Yep. So it was, uh, so we got a lot, a lot of people got into these free webinars, which was just fantastic. And then a lot got built out from that as a result too.
Yeah, that's fantastic. And what a great way to pivot and just meet the needs as everything changed around you. Yeah, I, it was for me, it was a, a, a wonderful silver lining. I've always wanted to be more connected with my audience. I never really did it as much as I wanted to. I would do it on social media. I would do it at my annual conference at the FENCI, at the, at the annual conference, um, my state dietetic association and some other state dietetic associations as well, but not, not nearly as much, not on a weekly basis and having these great relationships with people. And now I can, I've been giving a talk on these topics of dietetic resumes and dietetic um, presentation on LinkedIn uh, as your LinkedIn profile uh, several times a week. Um, and then also at conferences for the state dietetic associations like the Texas or the Iowa, uh, where I get to actually um, meet, you know, I get to be one of the speakers at their, at the virtual mm -hmm. conference, which I never would have, uh, that's, that's never happened before. I've always done like little things, but never actually at someone else's uh, state conference. So that has been great being able to connect with other dietitians, dietitians to be and dietitians who are sort of second career dietitians or dietitians who are, have been out of it, furloughed and have been working for 20 plus years like myself and need to get back into it and helping them get back into it in a way that they can present themselves professionally and polished and, you know, brush off their, you know, brush off their, their jackets and get back into the workforce. So yeah, it's, it's been a fun pivot actually for me, for me. Yeah. Incredible. And I want to go deeper into that. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about when you first started the website. Did you monetize that straight away? And were people paying to have their listings up there? Or did it start as a sort of free thing? And then over time, you started to monetize? Yes, in the beginning, it was free. Yeah, uh, because I was sort of like secretly doing it. And, uh, and it wasn't I was I had no marketing plan, I had no business plan. So it was all just like free information the yep. volume of users started to increase. And I do remember there was one specific day, I was probably about one or two years into it. So it started in 2000. So it was, uh, I forget, I, I should actually like find that in the US we do this thing where you, you know, the, the very first money that's exchanged, the dollar bill, the $1 bill, you like hang it up in your, in your office or if you have like a cafe or something, you always hang it up. So I wish I could remember when that was that I got that first buck, but. I had somebody who was posting the job. It was a recruiter. It was a recruiter that was posting the job. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. You're posting this job and you're gonna get you're gonna get paid somehow. You're you're yet yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, no, that that job is 50 bucks for you to post that. So so I like quickly, you know, make this page. I'm like, yes, you can post the job. Here, here's the uh, here's the rate card and you can send me a check. I think everyone like sent me checks in the beginning. Wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that was the beginning. Yeah. Um and then, it, and then it grew from there. And then I added other items on to, so then I had a lot of sponsorships. Yep. So my, my business model, if I had a business model, it was always to charge the employer, charge the person with the money <laughs> rather than make the job seeker pay for anything or pay for much. Yep. So it was always free for the job seeker to use the site. There was never a, a, a gate or a, a firewall or anything in there that prevented them from using the entire website. Yep. Employers always had to pay. 
to uh, either do sponsored posts um, or, or to do um, uh, advertisement and get their get their name or their job or their brand out there. I had this big email list, which I still do. Um, and so always charge them for that service. I also charge them to uh, um, access the resume database. That was actually more of a protection to sort of keep all of the um, I, I've been I've been dealing with, um, um, you know, not always dietitians trying to get into the website. And so that's, you know, you're always looking out for hackers and spammers. And uh, so that was just a, a charging for access to the resume database was just a way to keep them out, yeah. uh, but never charging the, the job seeker. And it wasn't until this year mm -hmm. that I was, was charging anybody for uh, any job seeker for anything, but now it's the courses and the one-on-one -on -one coaching um, and like the workshop that we did uh, this week and in, in, in the month of December. Yeah. And so that's the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all came about those sorts of ideas for the online courses and things came about this year. And how did you go about doing those? So you started with the live webinars and then did you decide, okay, I'm going to package these up and start selling similar things or yeah. Tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So it actually began last year, around this time last year. I well, so I when I go to the annual conference in the U.S., the, the Fancy, I always do this fun thing. It's just a uh, for for the academy or for the booth that I have there. I do these quick resume reviews. They're just like little five, yeah, just like little five minute scans of someone's resume, and I'll just say you know, change this, change that. I have no idea what that says. I can't read that. Uh, there's, you know, it's five pages, way too many pages. It's the really quick reviews. They are super fun. The yeah. Academy has had Marie Ferguson of Dietitian Connection and I do it for the last two years. Uh, we will do like a very quick resume review. Sarah Kozik's also, she does all of my social media, uh, most of my social media and a lot of blog writing. Um, the three of us, uh, was this two years ago now we did this uh, had this great photo of us um, two days out of the conference we would have these dietetic students and interns come to us with their resume in hand and have us review them and we had a, a, a little worksheet packet for them to take back and make some edits and uh, we when we opened the doors for the first day to have all of these students and interns come and get their resume resumes reviewed mm -hmm. um, I think we like looked out the wind out the door and saw this line that was <sighs> like, I don't know, it was like a hundred people long of people wanting to have their resumes reviewed. And I remember looking at Sarah like, oh my gosh, this, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, this, you know, here, here's how we can pivot. Um, yeah. And so then I created, and I, I looked around to see like, well, you know, what, what kind of guide can I give people? What, what, what can we use as something that's relevant for our profession that's not uh, you know, a creative resume or a resume of a salesperson or a nurse. Uh, and there, there wasn't really anything out there. There was just a lot of generic ones for executives. And like I said, like, you know, real estate agents, you know, everything but our profession. And like, once again, it's like, that, that is not, that's not gonna work. I, I need to make this. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember sitting on a plane, I think it was coming back from Fancy that that time. I don't know if you ever, I, I always end up creating a ton of stuff on a, on a plane ride and um, just created, just, just like came up with the outline and, and created this dietetic resume guide from the start. Like 
what kind of resume, functional or chronological, and what you should include and not include, and what's a modern resume, because uh, for, for like my generation, we were taught how to write a resume like, you know, 30 years ago, a lot's changed. You don't use the word objective anymore. And, and I, I call it a resume. I know in Australia and New Zealand, you call it a CV, same, the same, same thing, the same document. Uh, and so I just, I, I then came home and I, and I stayed up for like many nights. I, I was, my family was like, what are you doing? You know, once again, like I'm writing a book, I'm, I'm writing the dietetic resume guide. And so I got that. It's just an ebook. Yeah. Got that published out there and it sells like hotcakes. It's really funny. So that was like the first thing I charged anybody for. I remember looking at that, I, that dollar I probably could find, but yeah. it's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just charged a job seeker for something, but okay, well, here we go. This is what they need and yeah. uh, put it out there. And then, so that became, and I sort of thinking about like how, if, if someone else out there is thinking about a product that they want to sell or that they, they want to give back to the community in some way, but also get compensated for it, yep. you know, you sort of think about the foundation of what your knowledge is. And then from there, you can create uh, the avenues for which people receive it. So in my case, the ebook was such a natural thing. It could be a regular book as well, or a worksheet book or something like that, where yep. it has everything in there. I mean, it's a really large, chunky thing because I talk about everything. I talk about um, if you're a second career dietitian or a dietetic student versus dietetic intern and what the contact information should be, what font size should it be, what what font color should it be, um, how one page or two page or three pages or, you know, like it just goes through every little minutia. And then from that, I created um, a course and I went and so I made a presentation from it as you know, a slide presentation. And then each one of those slides was the talking points. And, uh, and so I have that course. Uh, I have those webinars that that's what I use to make those webinars. So everything built off of each other. And now doing these workshops, it's the same thing. So I did it now also with LinkedIn profiles. I've created courses. I've done a lot. I've been on, as I say, I've been on the road a lot talking about LinkedIn profiles. Because again, that's sort of unique to our profession. Not everyone's using LinkedIn. And how can you use LinkedIn? Uh, do you want to be found or do you want to search for people? Do you want to uh, leverage your business? How, how, how do you want to use LinkedIn? And so made a course for that as well. And again, can take that out on the road. And so, so the, the courses, there's a charge for the courses um, and there's charges for the workshops. But yeah. usually when I do a webinar, I don't usually charge for that because um, people are just sort of receiving information. It's not as, uh, and I like to be able to uh, uh, have, have those available for, for people. Not everyone can afford having a course or one-on-one -on -one coaching. That was something new as well. One-on-one -on -one coaching where I walk through someone's resume and say, you know, what to include, what's your plan, what's your, what, you know, do you have career clarity? What do you want to do? Um, and let's make sure that your, your resume represents that. And your LinkedIn profile is also screaming that and, and, you know, to make yourself attractive and that makes you feel more confident. And then you can get out there and do what you want to do. Yeah, such brilliant resources and so valuable, especially because I don't know about in America, but in Australia, it can be really hard to set yourself apart from other people and there's not that many jobs. So the better you can do when it comes to your resume or your job interview or your LinkedIn and just really standing out, 
the easier it's going to be to find a job. So if it's anything like that over in America, then yeah, it's so, so, so valuable. Yeah. And there's certain locations, uh, geography where it's uh, uh, more difficult to find a job. Uh, Obviously the economy is in a a unique position right now where it's difficult for everyone to find a job. A lot of people are having to take a job that might be a part-time job or a per diem job and then supplement that with a side hustle or, or, or maybe it, it's, it's given someone the opportunity to write, uh, write a book, write a blog post, whatever it might be, uh, do recipe development, label reading services, you know, sort of explore what other things are out there. I think, um, like I said, you know, before with, with the pandemic and sheltered in place or not just modified workforce modified economy that sometimes that forces you to look outside and find new ways to invent your career new ways to look at your career new ways to work with your your ideal client your your patient or your um, if you're a b2b person like for me looking at different ways to work with diet my dietitians um, versus my client so um so it, it it this opportunity might have a silver lining for some. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, negative um, impacts uh, to being sheltered in place and having a pandemic and um, loss yeah. of life, of course. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's you know being able to to see how to present yourself in a way that uh, makes you more attractive. You know, it's always hard. So uh, not too long ago, I gave um, a talk for Marie Ferguson of Dietitian Connection we, uh, about job interviewing. Yeah. And one of the topics we talked about was the the tall poppy syndrome mm-hmm. and about how um, you, you, you want to present yourself in a way, but not be over boastful and annoying and arrogant <laughs> and whatnot. But I have to say like, this is an excellent time, a great time to um, talk about the value that you can provide instead of talking about all of your accomplishments. And so sometimes it's just a mindset change, a switch of words that makes you feel differently or think differently about a situation that you would have normally thought like, oh, I can't brag about myself, right? If I'm going on and on about all my accomplishments, it just makes me look like, you know, it just makes me not look great. Uh, But in reality, what you can do is just talk about um, what value you can provide. And so one of the things I talk about when I do one-on-one coaching or, or through the courses is looking at your work experience section and whether it's volunteer, paid work, unpaid work, uh, uh, whatever, whatever type of work where you're interacting with people is showing the next person, the next employer, the recruiter, the hiring manager, what value you provided. And in doing so, you can sort of skirt around the idea that you're this tall poppy out in the field. <laughs> you just look yeah. like the strong poppy out <laughs> in the field. And you can put in there like what we, you know, the call is the quantitative work experiences. So quantitative success, um, any success bullet points that you have in mm-hmm. your position, whether you do clinical or whether you do um, uh, social media for somebody, uh, or if you're a recipe developer, putting numbers, putting percentages, increase, decrease with action verbs really helps tell a story that's not just a 
a boring vanilla job description. You like, if, you know, you read, you read these job descriptions, like provided uh, medical nutrition therapy, according to the nutrition care manual. It's like, Oh God, you're putting me to sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't tell me how awesome you are because yeah. as I've said many times to many dietitians, like I, it's rare that I would tell somebody to go out there and get some more certifications or get more experience or get more of this, get more of that. Most people have it already. Most dietitians have it. It's just not being told. That story isn't being told. That story isn't obvious. That value that you provide and have provided is not always obvious just in looking at someone's uh, resume if they're doing it sort of the old style where you just list according to like the job description. So I think it's still important to put like a little bit of a scope of what your job is, a little job description in there, but then you want to make sure that it has these quantifiable um, work successes in there. And then you can just drop all that stuff from your resume or your CV right into your LinkedIn profile or include as or exclude as much as you want to. But, but, you know, just showing your value, just showing how you made the company money, how you are able to improve their satisfaction with their customers or their patients, um, how you're able to improve the bottom line, how you're, you know, easy to work with, uh, you're super efficient, you're, um, your, your, you know, go getter, whatever it might be, whatever your superpower is at work, just to make sure that you show that and tell that. Yeah. What a brilliant perspective. I think that's so important. And I love that you said about making it interesting because I know there's nothing worse than reading through resumes or it's just kind of like you're reading the same dot points, just different contexts and different people. So having that perspective where it's like showing that value and showing more than just your, what the role was that you did for that job. Yeah. It's adding that whole other layer and it's adding that personality and yeah, the value. It's really important. Oh, that's a good point. Right. It does add the personality. I always say it's like your professional story or it's your, it's the story about your career that you're sort of telling somebody, you know, there's the importance of storytelling, but really it's your personality, right? It's like, it's, it's showing, it's showing um, how you're different than the next uh, dietitian, perhaps, you know? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. And do you have like a number one top tip for resumes or is that it? Or is there anything? That I, you, you know, that's funny. I get asked that a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I do, I do have like what I would say are like some of the top bloopers that you see. Well, I, I'll, I'll go back a bit. So yes, there, there are some um, important things and this one seems super silly, but I tell you it's uh, I, I see it all the time. Uh, dietitians who have been working for six months or dietitians who've been working for 30 years that their contact information is difficult to read. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so basic. It's such an easy fix. Um, The, the name might be all italicized or in a, in a, um, a a serif script or a font Mm -hmm. that you can't read it. um, (laughs) Or it's in this beautiful color, like this really beautiful pink that you look at it on, on the screen. It looks great. Uh, A lot of recruiters or hiring managers will print it out and then you can't see the name (laughs) (laughs) and you can't even see the person's name Um, uh, or the phone number is uh, bunched together with an email address. You can't see the phone number or they've done some sort of fancy way of putting the phone number in the U S you can use like hyphens or dots hyphens are always better read by an applicant tracking system. Um, and, and they're just easier to see, you know, for your eyeball to, to see. So a phone number, a, um, you don't want to include your street address uh, for security reasons. So I always tell people to take that out. Um, it's okay to include your, your city, your location, uh, that, that element or where you want to relocate to. 
Um, and then a phone number, a mobile phone number that's not your work number that you can reach. That's not your house number where your four-year-old's going to answer the phone, <laughs> right? Like you, I, I know it's it's so it's so basic, but I see it looped up all the time. <laughs> and then you want to include. If you're going to include any social media or any presentation of yourself online, uh, make sure you have your LinkedIn profile um, in there, that URL, uh, and make sure that your uh, URL is personalized so that it doesn't look like a big long password, you know, on on your on your resume. And so that's just it, you know, just center it, just make your name big, put your comma credentials. Um, uh, just make that really clear. You don't need to, you don't need to state that you're a registered dietitian, nutritionist, or an accredited dietitian, you know, just put it right on top and you can then add what I call a professional summary or your summary of qualifications in the U S we used to use, like I said, the word objective, which is sort of old fashioned. Now we talk about like who you are, what your signature accomplishments might be, um, uh, why you're a good fit for this and what your, uh, or what your background is, what your specialty is, what you're good at, maybe toss in some, um, transferable skills, like, you know, uh, uh you know, um, great with problem solving or, and, and, you know, be able to explain that later on, but, uh, it, that in there. And then also like, you know, where, what direction you want to go, what, what kind of work are you seeking to do? Or if, if you're wanting to tailor it, for a specific job, you can include that in there as well. If you want to work in a NICU um, at the university hospital, you can put that right into your summary of qualifications. So that's, I think that's the big one is avoiding sort of the, um, I can't find how to contact this person <laughs> problem, you know, as a recruiter, hiring manager, and always like, always think about your resume, just like if you're giving a nutrition talk, you're always thinking about who's your audience. Is your audience a group of uh, nurses, physicians, um, or is it a group of elderly folks who can't hear you very well? Uh, always think about your audience. Yeah. Same goes for your uh, your resume. Think about who's reading your resume. It is a busy, harried, frenzied recruiter who's got a bunch of people barking at them to get this position filled who's looking at resumes, who's exhausted from looking at resumes, whether they have, it's just their eyeballs or an applicant tracking system. Like it's still, it is hard work. And mm -hmm. you just want to make it easy for them. You want them to be able to see, you don't want them to decipher anything. I think uh, sometimes um, some resumes can look gorgeous, like on Canva, there's yep. some really beautiful templates. Uh, and I actually, it was funny. I was like trying to show people like, uh, here, you can use Canva. And as I was going through there and realizing, actually, forget it, you can't because, because they're just so like pretty that we can't get all of our stuff in there, all of our, mm -hmm. our uh, licenses and our credentials and our courses and our, uh, you know, all of our accomplishments, our awards, we're like an accomplished group of people. And there's not room on these pretty one page <laughs> designer uh, things. So I actually made some Canva templates for dietitians, you can actually get them onto my website. That's um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, because we, you know, we have unique needs. So, so thinking about what your audience is and just make it super simple for them to read. Uh, yeah. the other thing I like to do is make sure things are very tight, concise, um, succinct. I, um, I made up this word succinctify your resume, like make it really, really succinct. You don't need to use complete sentences. You can do, uh, you can really take advantage of like the semicolon, uh, mm -hmm. and just, you know, pile a bunch of stuff in there where you're, getting the keywords that you're looking for. Um, so those are some of the main things is make it, make it value-based, 
very concise, succinct, um, and you don't need to use complete sentences. Like I said, put in your skills. Like if you've got uh, second language skills, if you've got um, specific computer skills, if you're good with um, like Instagram for business, or if you um, know how to use any sort of stats programs like SPSS or NDS for research, uh, uh, if you know Trello, like, you know, if there's any kind of unique programs that you know how to use, put those on your resume as well. So, I mean, I could go on. <laughs> That's why I can never come up with one. Um, there's all always, such good stuff though. There's so many, so many great things to, to, you know, dietitians are like this great group to work with because we're so mm-hmm. talented and we're like, you know, I always say like, we're the, we're the, we're, we're just super accomplished and, and um, have great things to put on a resume. And yeah. it's funny, sometimes I'll read someone's resume and I'll think, gosh, you know, I know this person's a whole lot more than what they put on their resume. I need to talk to them, you know, and figure <laughs> out what's behind. You tell me more because it's not on your resume. Yeah, interesting. And so when someone aces their resume and they get a job interview from that, what are some of your job interview tips? Oh, that's a good one too. Um, and I have a, a course coming out in January on that on that topic. I've got some YouTubes on it too for people yeah. to check out. Um, you know, the the there's two things to think about for your uh, your job interview. Um, one is again, just like per, just like any situation that you would be in as a dietitian, is you want to research and prepare. So research the company, research the person that's interviewing you research what the interview is going to be like, get ready for uh, a one person interview, a one hour interview, two hour interview. Um, I, I had once I, if people who've ever followed me know the story, but when I interviewed for um, Dean Ornish, uh, uh, it was the craziest, scariest interview I have ever been on. They told me that I was going to be interviewed by a lot of people on that first day that I went in. I walked into a room that was full of physicians, nurses, um, exercise physiologists, chef, uh, Dean Ornish, um, a ton of people, like 20 people sitting around a conference table. And they said, welcome. We'd like to interview you. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. And then they were on a really tight uh, timetable and they need, so I did like that first pass interview talking about like who I was. And then this, then they said, you need to, can you come back again tomorrow? We're finalizing everything. Cause I kind of came in at the end. We're finalizing everything. We want you to present, um, uh, give a, a PowerPoint presentation uh, like you would for the research participants on the diet protocol. I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, so um, not that I would have had time to prepare for that otherwise, but just know what you're getting into so that you can visualize it so that you can imagine so that you can fuel up for it. That's my new thing is, um, you know, what, what's, uh, what's your mentation going to be like after an hour and a half of talking about yourself and your past experiences, but so getting ready to, to fuel up for that. Um, um, and so preparing that's, that's the big one. Um, and then the other thing you can do is, is study your, your resume against the job description knowing what they need, uh, and then bringing out what I call like your story circles. And your, your, um, they're going to be asking you a bunch of questions. Uh, they're going to ask some technical questions, probably, whether you're working in a hospital, whether you're working um, for a food blogger. Um, uh, they're going to ask you some technical questions, maybe SEO questions, or, you know, like what's the difference between an H1 and H3? And um, or, uh, you know, what, whatever it might be, or, um, you know, tell me about a tube feeding regimen for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, 
they will also ask you behavioral questions and 100% guaranteed you will get asked, uh, tell us about yourself or tell us about your greatest strength or your biggest weakness. They will ask you in some way or another what uh, that question, you can always plan for those questions. And so I like to um, have people then go back to your resume and create these. Uh, I've, I've got these great tables on it, like these worksheets of uh, you've got what's called your, your success story. That success story uh, can then be used to answer a variety of types of questions, like what was your greatest strength um, and what skill set was that for? So let's say um, you're you're talking, let's say you are a food blogger um, and you're a brand, you're working with a brand, uh, you can, you know, one of your successes is that you had to uh, create this marketing campaign with a, a small budget and you were able to increase the uh, the engagement by X percent or at a seven month period of time. Yeah. And so, so that can be a success. Um, you have to have a bunch of stories, but uh, if they only ask you the question, like, uh, you know, tell us about a challenge that you had, um, uh, you know, one could be that same story and you could say, well, I was dealt with a limited budget on with a big ask. And I was asked to have a, a a 20% increase in engagement from the last uh, campaign. Um, and so that's, that's how, you know, it's just like rewording it um, and looking uh, sort of, you have like this, this triangle in your mind, what's my story circle or like a, like an org chart, like what's my story and how can it be used for different scenarios? Uh, so knowing what that classic behavioral question is going to be and what skill set that you think that they're looking for to, to look to hear for. Um, so I think, yeah, so it's also the STAR method uh, of um, answering interview questions. Like you talk about the situation, um, what action you took, um, and then what the result was. Um, so it's sort of the same idea. That's not, that's not my invention. Um, I actually have a new invention coming out. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> bit different than that because it's hard to remember four things, um, you know, when you're on your feet. The nice yeah. thing about doing most things virtually now is that you can like look at your, you know, you can have all your story circles in front of you yeah. and still be talking to the person that's interviewing you. It's harder to do that when you're doing it one-on-one face-to-face, yeah. but you can still get them down. You'll still know what your little story circles are and what your story successes are and yeah. how to, uh, to weave those into a, an interview. So those are like the two big things that people can do to really shine and be really prepared yeah. and very positive and happy and cheery in yeah. an interview. And don't talk badly about your old coworkers, your current boss, your old boss. That's it's as delicious as it can be sometimes. Like just stay away from that altogether. Yeah. Dangerous territory, definitely. Dangerous. <laughs> oh, it will come back and haunt you yeah. in, in um, ways. Yes. Yeah, that is brilliant. And so now let's chat briefly about LinkedIn because you mentioned you also do a lot with that. What is, um, yeah, again, one top tip for your LinkedIn? You mentioned already something that I thought was brilliant, which is using some of the stuff from your resume on your LinkedIn because LinkedIn is essentially your virtual resume, which is fantastic. So would that be your top tip or is there any other little pointers you can give the listeners that's beneficial there. And of course, to yeah. check out your course that you've got. That There's that. Yes. So with LinkedIn, uh, you have to step back and imagine like what, what LinkedIn is. If you imagine it as one big SEO uh, search engine and it's just a big, it's just a great big database on the back end, like a big, um, 
a searchable database. Everything that you put in to LinkedIn, if you can imagine it going right into a, a row or a column, uh, right into the spreadsheet, and that is a searchable piece of information. Mm -hmm. So I, I always like to sort of like, you know, what, what's the etiology of something or what's, the, what's the, the back end of something? And that can dictate how you uh, present yourself on LinkedIn, how you want to be found on LinkedIn. So that goes back to using keywords. So look, for example, if you want to go into uh, recipe development um, or you'd like to do virtual food demos, those words or those phrases, those keywords, those buzzwords need to be in your LinkedIn profile so you can be found um, and you come up in searches as well. Uh, you don't have to be coming up in searches if you don't want to, if you want just people to find you directly from your resume and, and um, find you that way. But it's amazing real estate. It's, it's a great place to showcase your services. Uh, it's a great place to um, highlight whether you're giving a presentation, uh, whether, again, you have a side hustle or, or work on the side to augment your, your main job, your main work, uh, or if you piece together a bunch of different things, it's a great way for people to be able to find you, to be able to connect with you, to collaborate. So it's not always about necessarily making money, uh, which I, I, I'm usually always talking about that, like that is so important as dietitians. But it could also just be a way of collaborating. Like I've collaborated with so many dietitians, either preparing for talks or trying to come up with some topic ideas, like reaching out to dietitians I've never met, uh, that I connect with them and then we message each other on LinkedIn. You can do that on other social media platforms as well. But we all know that LinkedIn's all about work, right? It's You're, you're, you're never going to see a picture of what I, uh, some brilliant recipe I, I concocted on LinkedIn, right? So that's, it's, it's going to be uh, related to like, well, how are we going to get that recipe out to this audience? How are we going to uh, boost your business about that recipe? It's, it's more about the business of, of your work. Yeah. Um, and so thinking of your LinkedIn profile that way, that said, LinkedIn uses a particular algorithm to have you uh, come up more often in the search uh, when someone's searching for something. So um, they have this nomenclature called uh, an all-star profile. It's just, a, it means that you've got the majority of your profile complete and filled out. Uh, if you don't have a couple of those filled out, you don't rank in, in the search very well. So the more you're engaged, like all social media, the more you engage, there's an algorithm that gets triggered and you show up more on these, um, on these different um, search results. Yeah. Um, and so so that is, you have to, I can, if I can remember all seven of them off the top of my head, you need to have a profile picture. You need yeah. to have a, um, your um, industry, which is usually just one. It's health and wellness and fitness, I believe. Um, you need to have an about or uh, a summary section. You need to have your education in there. You need to have work experience. I think you have to have at least two jobs in there. Even if you're not employed, you got to figure something out. <laughs> I, I have some, a bunch of ideas for that. Yeah. Um, you also need to have skills and endorsements in there. Uh, and I think, is that seven altogether? Uh, I might be missing one in there. What's not required, um, but is the biggest thing that ne people need to uh, make note of, and that is the headline. The headline is defaulted to the first job that shows up on your LinkedIn profile, yeah. uh, but you don't have to keep it um, as that. You can use that as a valuable real estate. You have um, 120 to 200 characters to work with. 
that can be those keywords that can be what you are. I change my headline all the time. You can change it all the time. That's the other great thing about having this dynamic uh, portfolio online is you can make edits and changes all the time. Um, And uh, you can put all kinds of stuff in there, whatever, whatever you want to do. That is something that shows up. If you type my name in like my name and uh, LinkedIn my headline shows up. So you see my name, it has the link to it. And then my headline is there. So your headlines on Google, your headlines on Bing. So you want to make it really good. You don't want to just say dietitian. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. None of that's it. Like, <laughs> you have all the space to showcase it. Even if you're in an, you're not a side hustle kind of person, even if you want to say that you're a, you know, pediatric intensive care dietitian or specialist, um, whatever that might be, your end stage renal disease uh, specialist, uh, lactation consultant, whatever your your gig is, um, you can highlight it there and it can really show who you are. And it can just help you in so many different ways. So that that's like the big, that's like the big thing that I recommend is making sure you have all-star status. You'll have a dash when you look at your profile, you'll you'll see a little dashboard and in the dashboard, in that table, it'll on the top right, it'll say uh, all-star status, um, hopefully. And oh, connections. That was a thing that I missed. You have to have 50 connections, five zero. Yep. And that comes from, uh, you can, once you uh, populate your education, some uh, suggestions come up for you to meet. It's usually pretty good, pretty easy to meet the 50. Uh, in the beginning, if you're having problems, just accept uh, invitations from anybody. And then <laughs> later on, once you get a higher number, then you can weed those people out if you want to. You can, you can decide how you want your connections to be, close yeah. or not close. Yeah, there are so many brilliant tips there. That is so helpful and really good stuff to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten so into it. I love it. It's um, fascinating. I think I, I also like it because um, again, it's this dynamic uh, profile, dynamic portfolio that, that, you know, we all have, you know, you talk about like, well, what's your goal for 2021 or what's your, what's your goal for next month? Uh, really, your goals can be uh, uh, revealed on your LinkedIn profile, whether it's a goal for the next month or six months or one year, if you want to look at a bigger picture or a smaller picture, uh, I, that can all be represented on, on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, so handy. And now quickly tell us about what an actual day or week looks like in your current role and what you're doing. So you've got so many amazing things going there. You've got these workshops, you've got the online courses, you're doing podcast interviews and going along to seminars and things. What does an average week look like? Um, average week, I sort of thought, I was thinking about um, how I don't really have an average. I, I think that's everyone's answer too, though, right? Like, so um <laughs> I would say I, I spend, if I were to sort of chunk out my days, I would, I spend a couple hours with social media, whether it's posting, commenting, engaging on all the different platforms. Sarah Kozik does it with me as well. Yeah. Um, because I've been around for 20 years, I am on all the platforms. I didn't niche down into like Instagram or Twitter or whatever. I'm, I'm on all of them. I just added, um, uh, Instagram reels. Uh, and so to do that, I had to do a uh, TikTok. So I'm actually on TikTok as well and a YouTube channel. Like it's all over the place. Um, um, and then I'll spend some time, uh, a lot of time with emails, um, sort of the admin side uh, of running a business, whether it's the, um, uh, uh, the bookkeeping or the communication with people, the, uh, making sure, um, when someone posts a job that it's, uh, that it's formatted correctly and they've selected all of the, um, 
uh, job categories just to optimize. And so maintaining that relationship with the job, with the, um, with the employers as well. Um, so that admin part. Um, and then I, and then I spend a lot of time on what I call like content creation and sort of thinking about what's the next thing, uh, what's the next article doing some SEO research on, on taking um, existing articles because we have hundreds and hundreds of articles because we've been doing this for so long um, and uh, building them into the pillar articles on the site, uh, thinking about um, what's, what's going to meet the needs of my customer. I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. uh, and I'll, I'll do that on like a morning run, um, uh, evening walk. Uh, so sort of, sort of like doing some, you know, self-education. Yeah. Um, I think those are like the three main um, categories uh, that I spend, that I spend my time and then, and then add in uh, different speaking um, uh, engagements, whether it's uh, something, you know, video, uh, video presentation for, for YouTube, for my channel, for someone else's channel, um, webinars. Um, um, there's just, there, there seems to be like one or two a week of things to prepare for, which I love, love, love doing. Yeah. Uh, and I find this platform, like, you know, whether you're working from zoom, um, here we are, you know, the two of us, you're in Australia and I'm in San Francisco. Uh, it's like, what a gift, like, it's, you know, it's just it's such a gift. So, yeah. so I totally enjoy my time giving virtual conversations, presentations. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a lot of fun things. It sounds like you'd always be doing different and exciting things. Yeah, I do love routine. I do love a plan. I've got a planner on my site right now, a dietetic career planner, because I love, I love planning and checklists um, because um, you and I were talking before, I've got um, three, three kids, um, husband who works a lot. And so there's a lot to juggle. Yeah. Uh, of course, no one else knows how to cook really, or menu plans. <laughs> there's a lot that goes on into running a house plus your business. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to have more of a routine. I love, I love sort of, you know, predictable stuff. I don't like surprises. Yeah. Uh, so I wish I had more routine, but that's sort of what it is. Yeah. Amazing. And what would you say you attribute your success to to date? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I have, let's see, goodness. Um, well, you know what? Both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad was a builder and he built homes up on the sea ranch of Northern California. My mom was, a. a she did a bunch of different things, but she was, um, um, it still does actually in her eighties as an interior designer, yeah. but they always worked for themselves. The paycheck came from the work that they did. Yeah. And I think I, I sort of grew up with that mentality and, and I grew up in a very small town, um, very rural. And so, uh, you have to sort of figure things out for yourself. Um, and so I think, I think that's part of my success is that, um, I, I, I kind of, I guess I was raised with that entrepreneurial mind that uh, you get to be creative. Uh, you can be creative, but you've got to monetize that creativity as well. And so that's exciting. That's interesting. Um, and so I, that, that might be part of it is, is looking for how to make the buck and how to be creative about making that, that dollar, which I find so juicy and um, interesting and fun. It really it's really uh, inspiring for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. You can definitely tell you really have that like entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit and that creativity and that real passion. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. And if you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Uh, You know, it's funny. You did tell me that question and I had uh, a book in mind. It's funny. I, I, um, uh, I have this book I read a long time ago that I still hang on to. It's called The Checklist Manifesto. Mm-hmm. It's on my website under my career picks, and I can't remember um, who wrote it, but it's the idea that you have a checklist yeah. for these, these routine things that you need to get done so that then you can focus on being creative. I think I really value creativity. It could be a different way to load the dishwasher. It can be a different way of the sequence in which you you do stuff in the shower. It can be how to write a really engaging article that's going to get 50,000 sessions, you know, uh, on, uh, you know, people looking at on, on, on your blog posting. I love creativity. Creativity gets, gets, um, stomped on though, when you're stuck in the details of, um, of, oh, I, I can't even think of a great example of, um, w- what comes up, you know, just like how to plan out your day. If you've got your day planned out, if you've got it, and I really like to be very granular, like down to the, you know, 10 minute projects, 30 minute projects. If you've got your project sort of figured out, you can relax a little bit on staying on track and for me making sure that I remember to pick everybody all the kids up from the places they're at and not worry about leaving somebody while I get creative you know I've got timers I've got um, um, checklists I've got these things in place this framework this infrastructure that allows me to relax with that stuff that makes me anxious or that I ruminate on and then can spend the that deep thinking you know that that theta brainwave thinking about a project or a new way to do something or a new way to present something in a course. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, I'm a little bit of an introvert. So being able to talk to somebody that I'm anxious about talking to, you can sort of work through how you're going to respond to a tricky email. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that book for that reason, the checklist mm-hmm. manifesto. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Definitely one to check out. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll find the author on that. Um, actually, I could probably look it up. Um, so That's yeah, right. so that a link in the bio, I'll do a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, I feel like I could ask you so much more. This has been such an amazing conversation, but I am wary <laughs> I of the time as well. Like, <laughs> I know. How we push this? <laughs> um, so before we do wrap up, is there anything else, like any other aspects of your business that we haven't touched on that you'd like to briefly mention or some top tips that you find you often give people that are really useful and you don't want to miss today? I would highly recommend checking out my website, Nutrition Jobs. There's the section for blog. Uh, where we've got a lot of articles. We highlight other dietitians and what they've been doing. I recommend checking out my upcoming uh, workshops where we, where we talk more in depth about your specific resume or LinkedIn profile. I've yeah. got the courses. I've got uh, a resume. I've got um, LinkedIn profile, like how to do this all-star LinkedIn profile. There's a, a, a step-by-step course on how to do that. I'll have a course out on the job interviewing. So I always got like some free downloads, some uh, checklists, some 
some yeah. little snippet that's helpful because I love these checklists and worksheets. And so there's always something to find out there. Yeah. Amazing. So much good stuff there. Definitely going to go check that out myself as well. And I'm sure the listeners will too. <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> Brilliant. So do you have any parting words of advice? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I think as dietitians uh, know your value, know that you are valuable and don't think that you're not valuable because it sometimes can feel like it's a tough economy or you haven't figured out what your niche is or you're watching other dietitians seem like they're exploding in money online. Don't worry about that. You are valuable. You have done some incredible valuable work to get there. I think this profession self-selects really talented people to begin with. Maybe it's the science background, um, uh, the, the food background, whatever it is, uh, what gets put out eventually as dietitians, um, we're just a really amazing group of professionals. Um, and so just know, know that you are valuable, not just know your value, but you are valuable, you're important. And of course you want your resume to, to reflect that, but, but go into the whole job seeking process, knowing that, uh, you're going to make a positive impact on that population that you're going to serve and don't doubt that you can do something. You've got the education, you've got plenty of people to fall back on. I've met so many people through uh, LinkedIn or through Instagram that I call my friend that I, I, I probably, if I saw them on the street, I wouldn't recognize them, but <laughs> I, but but we, I, I ask people questions like, how do you do this on TikTok? Like, how, how do you do this in, in LinkedIn? Or how do you, you know, like there's, there's so many ways that you can reach out to other dietitians who are um, going to be helpful. Um, I just had this great conversation with someone that I've never met before on, on Instagram. We were helping each other out with something. Um, actually on Instagram, there's this new thing called guides. Um, so there's, there's your regular posts, there's your stories, there's your reels. And then there's guides. I just like saw it one day. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> it just, it just got launched in the U S I, I, I think it's coming out to everybody. Yeah. Um, and I was conversing with another dietitian about it. She's like, what is that? I don't know. Let's find out, you know? Yeah. So knowing that we have support um, amongst each other. Um, and there's great, there's great mentors out there. So just know that you're valuable. That's what I recommend. Yes, absolutely. Love that. What a way to leave it. And where can everyone find you to go learn more? At nutritionjobs.com. I'm kind of like a one woman show. So whatever the contact will all you know, contact us section will all come to me. I've got people that help me out, but um, uh, that's, that's, that's a great way to reach me. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can yeah. uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's uh, just my full name, Stacey Dunemke yeah. uh, with no hyphen in there. Uh, you can find me and, and I always accept uh, all dietitians, uh, from wherever and whether you're RD, RD to be thinking about RD, dietetic student, whatever it might be. So yeah, yeah. that's how we can connect. 
Absolutely amazing. And I'll link to that for anyone who's listening so that they can find you nice and easily. So thank you so much for being here today. This has been such an insightful conversation and this, it's been jam-packed full of practical tips that people can literally go yeah. and apply now. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like a little mini webinar. Yeah. Thank you, Shauna, so much for having me. Uh, you're, you're, I, I love your podcast. I like the way that you oh, interview. Gosh. You're very um, smart and to the point and personable and Again, you've got you're you're super valuable. Thank you so much. I really so appreciate, appreciate your your impact for our profession. I appreciate that. Thank you, and I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Stacey. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Mm